Love War. Welcome to the Love War Podcast. My name is Grant Reitzel, and I have Brian Peach with me, and today we got all kinds of things to talk about. Brian's really amped up about a couple things. I am. I'm, I'm really amped to talk about, uh, we were thinking about our topic earlier this week, and uh, last week we talked about technology, and I said it seems like kind of a logical progression from that will be to talk about media. And I love talking about media, because media is what I do for a living, and media is what I've done for a living. I mean... Not not that I made a living when I was in high school doing anything other than making pizzas, but I still did it for fun then. I, I wrote for the school newspaper, and, and I studied journalism uh, at uh, Penn State and State College for four years, so it's something that's been... Did you enjoy been, that? You... Um, I enjoyed studying it. I went straight into the news business uh, a week after I graduated, and then uh, I was a, a television news producer for an ABC affiliate in Harrisburg. And then after three years, I decided I wanted to move on because I got burned out that quick. Mm. So, but I, yeah, I mean, media is something. Did, did you know that? Did you know that I uh, that I worked at a TV station? I, I remember think you did. I did. Yeah, I remember you telling me about that. You, I remember you were telling me about like how cr- how crazy it actually was and how like you got really like you got tired of people just being like you, you set certain things and they're like nah we're gonna do this. And well, uh, you know, so there, there's uh, an organizational aspect that makes it difficult and i don't want to bad mouth the industry at all because i think that there's a lot of good people doing a lot sure. of good work in it yeah. um, as as there are in any industry yeah but it the the back and forth jockeying for position among producers and and anchors and reporters that can get a little bit exhausting and, and also and that's not you at all i mean that's just like yeah i mean that's and it's every every industry has that kind of thing mm-hmm. but the other thing was you know and again not to not to knock it because a lot of my friends are still in the news business and are, are doing amazing things but I felt like my job was every day to wake up and kind of depress people. Like that was what I got to do. Was just, hey, here's a here's no, a but, shooting, here's a car crash. But like, I mean, is that like, is that, is that you know that it's really is that something that like you just fall into, or is it just like, yo, we got like, I, I think there's so many, uh, there's so many times people are like, all right, yo, like this is a headline business. There's a. Uh, uh, an adage, if it bleeds, it leads, right? So, like, is that really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they say that if it bleeds, it leads. <laughs> and that's not exactly the truth. I mean, a part of it is when you're doing local and community based news, people know everybody, they know the people in their neighborhoods. Sure, so, yeah. you know, in, in that kind of environment, it's a little bit easier to sell something like a car crash or a homicide as news because this is somebody who people see at the grocery store and at the post office and and that kind of thing. So I think that there's value in it and there's utility in it. But that's kind of one of the things that I wanted to talk about today is like we're launching into this discussion about the media. And one of the things that I wanted to discuss is like what's the media's responsibility? What do you think the media's responsibility is? Because I worked in the business, and I'm still not quite sure. Yeah, you know, I I think it's interesting. You know, it's so it's so polarizing, obviously, in political seasons. Sure. And like, I get it. And as political seasons get longer and longer, it seems like the polarization continues longer and longer. So, uh, it's... and I don't want to fall into this like, yo, you know the shadow government and the gatekeepers and like, <laughs> right. But at, at the same time, it's just like, you know, it's based on advertising and ratings and like how many people, you know, I, I, you know, I don't know, like I, what is the, what is the responsibility, right? The responsibility is just to communicate these things, you know, communicate the truth. Now, you know, I don't know or communicate things that happen, right? I don't like, and I don't know, like, guys will say well this is actually the truth or this is actually the truth or you know and you know that's why you get this argument over truth right right, right. yeah right. now we're turning love war into info wars right, right. exactly yeah totally <laughs> well to your point though it here's an anecdote for you um so back in it was either 2008 or 2009 one of the major car companies was having mechanical problems. I forget whether it was Toyota or Honda um one of the Japanese car companies but it was a big story at the time and a lot of our advertising dollars came from uh, a local dealership 
that sold whatever make and model of car it was, you yeah. know, Toyota, Honda, whatever. And so I had in, in my program, um, the C block, like your, your news blocks are broken up into the A block is, uh, the first block before the first break. And then mm -hmm. the B block is the second break or the second block. And each block has like different types of news in it. So your A block would be like hard news. B block is weather. C block for me was business news. Right. Mm -hmm. So every day I had about three minutes to do business news, which is about uh, in between five or six news stories on a good day. And one of the things that I was told that I wasn't allowed to do by management was I wasn't allowed to put these stories about the uh, car company that, that uh, whose cars were failing, which is a huge business story at the time. They were losing a lot of money and there were lawsuits and everything. I wasn't allowed to put one of those stories in that business block unless it was in the middle of the block because there were advertisements on either side and they didn't want to see an advertisement for their car just before a story about how those cars were failing. Right. So that's a realistic way. We, we hear about uh, how advertising influences news, but it, it, was, it was a very real thing for me at that time. Mm -hmm. So were you like one of those guys like, you know, you're, you know, you have like a, a punk rock approach and like some of that has to be scaled back and you're like, you know, we're like, nah, dude, like, you know, I don't know, like how much of that did you have to, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's a really good question. So it, it's funny. Um, so puns are like one of the easy things that you can go to sure. because who doesn't love a pun? But we had uh, one of the things that are tv station did was we had these uh stories they're usually called bumpers or kickers that are like at the end of a show it's just like a fun light-hearted news story sure and so a couple of times a year there was a um a big adoption drive for like one of the uh, local pet shelters or whatever and every year like i, I wrote the <laughs> exact same lead for the story, which is uh, some local pets got a new leash on life today, <laughs> which is just the worst pun ever. Right. Uh, there's some opportunity to do that kind of thing. But um, and gosh, I, I hope that nobody's listening to this who like knows who I'm talking about. And, and if they are, it's not that big of a deal. It's fine. But the uh, station that I worked at had this great guy working at it. He was uh, an anchor and reporter really kind, generous, funny, but like his, his humor would sometimes be a little bit off base. And he got fired from the TV station um, because Three Mile Island was doing their uh, warning sirens on on uh, one day and uh, they would have the news companies, Exelon, the, uh, the company who runs Three Mile Island, let the TV stations know when they were doing these tests so that people don't get freaked out when mm -hmm. the alarms go off. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, uh, the anchor, um, ad libbed, like after the story about this, he said, so remember everybody, if, if you hear the alarms going off, it means you're all going to die. <laughs> and, and Exelon, the, the company that manages TMI. And again, like all of this stuff, this, this happened, but don't quote me on any of it. Mm. Um, but apparently Exelon said to the TV station, like, Hey, you know, we're not going to give you any interviews. We're not talking to you anymore. Like you got to get rid of this guy. Oh, and that wasn't the only reason it was kind of like the last straw because he, he tended to, to go off into the absurd sometimes, yeah. but, uh, and For, he found a job in another station. He's fine. He's great. Cool. But, For those of you that don't know what three mile Island is, it was just a massive, massive, how did they paint it out there? Like, what did they, how did they really? Like, well, okay. Like so, they... so three mile Island, um, it's, it's, uh, you know, kind of the stereotypical, uh, nuclear power going wrong mm -hmm. story. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, there, there wasn't a whole terrible lot of, um, of actual nuclear fallout damage that happened from it. Um, your conspiracy theorists will say that there are still people in Middletown, Pennsylvania who, you know, uh, run around with two heads and are born with three arms and things like that. None of that's true. But um, something happened and it was a big story and national media came into town to cover it. Um, I think that it was 1978 and um, and it was a big deal. It was during the Cold War and, and nuclear was a, a relatively new thing and people were afraid of it. And so right. Three Mile Island is like it's sort of cultural shorthand for what could go wrong 
in a nuclear power plant, like just a couple of levels before, you know, there's, there's, uh, uh, Fukushima and there's Chernobyl and there's Three Mile Island. I was gonna say, yeah, so, I mean, but like, people take right it really Chernobyl, seriously. Yeah, and, um, they, and they still to this day. Yeah, and probably right? more seriously than than they should take it because these things are. And I, I don't want to get too political, but these things are. It's it's safe. You know what I mean? Some of the <laughs> safest power that. You know, you still have coal miners getting black lung. And right. we just did a big thing about this. Talk about the media running with the story. Like, you still have coal miners getting black lung, and, and people are worried about, uh, you know, Three Mile Island. It's, it's ridiculous. And we, Grant and I, right now, like, we're close to a power plant, the Limerick power That's plant. That's right, yeah. Yeah. I have some friends that work over there, yeah. At the power plant itself? Yeah. Uh, really? Yeah. They're one of the guys. Yeah. There's a, I have a friend who... Um, he manages something or another. I don't know really what. And then you know, they. I guess they have these uh, these periods where they have to like kind of clean and do all these crazy things. So is it like a Homer Simpson job that he has? You know, I can't. I don't really know, <laughs> but I hope so. Like, He's not at liberty to discuss. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I actually don't. I don't really know. I just know that he manages, and you know, you know those those places are gigantic. Yeah. Like, oh my goodness. Huge. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's so funny how you mentioned coal, by the way, because, like, when we were watching the State of the Union address, I mean, like, I, again, I, you know, I don't want to get political, but it's just so funny. Like, the beautiful clean coal thing. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I, it's I, an I, interesting I, way to I, characterize yeah. clean coal, yeah, I, um, I, for one thing. I, I, yeah. I've never <laughs> seen a piece of coal and thought, hey, that's beautiful. Look at the beauty. That was definitely off the teleprompter, by the way. Oh, totally off prompter. There's no way that was in that speech. Absolutely not. (laughs) So this is a really good point, though. Like, all of the things that we're talking about from Three Mile Island, like, that is uh, sort of a a cultural um, and news touchstone, right? And uh, the State of the Union. I think that I made the point last week or last episode, uh, that Marshall McLuhan line, um, all media work us over completely. And the, it, it's like technology. We can't get away from this stuff, right? right? Yeah, totally. What are some of your favorite news stories from this past week? From this past week? I don't man. You know what? It's so funny because I've been kind of like, you know, all over the place. And... Let me start, all right? Yeah, go ahead. You do it. The uh, SpaceX rocket launch. Yeah, dude. Okay. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. So, first of all, I think that it's awesome that David Bowie played Nikola Tesla in in the uh, awesome Christopher Nolan movie. Okay. Which name? I forget. What yeah. was that one called? I don't, I don't it wasn't know. Inception. I love this movie. How am I drawing a blank right now? Well, know. somebody's going to get really upset with me right, for yeah. not remembering it. The Prestige, that's what it was called. But anyway, so... David Bowie played Nikola Tesla in The Prestige, and then um, a part of this uh, this SpaceX rocket launch, which of course is is uh, owned by Elon Musk, who do, he's uh, the head of Tesla Motors mm-hmm. as well, is they have a, a, a Tesla car that they shot into space, mm-hmm. and the uh, sort of theme music is um, Space Oddity by David Bowie. <laughs> so it's like a, a Bowie Tesla, Tesla Bowie. Right. You know, there's synchronicity there. Right. So I loved that story. Um, I love space travel. There's something about it that like makes me feel like a little kid. And when I was a kid, the day before I was born, the Challenger exploded. So, um, you know, it was still uh, a date and time where space travel and exploration was not only possible, but it was happening. You know, it's kind of weird that for most of my life that that hasn't been in the media spotlight as much. And so to see that making news, making headlines, like that's really awesome to me. I I love, I think it's so sick. Love the work that Tesla's doing. I love, or the work that SpaceX is doing and Elon Musk. And, and I think that it's, it's good for, or like national sense of, of hope and wonder mm-hmm. to, to have that kind of thing make headlines. So that was my favorite headline of the week. It was funny. I, I actually was looking at this morning, I was reading on like Twitter and they were just talking about just the crazy stuff that like Elon was doing. I mean, like that guy's just, you know, he's awesome. And uh, <laughs> like, first of all, like you won the entrepreneur game when you create a line of flamethrowers and what uh, are they, like 500 bucks or something uh, yeah, like that? Yeah, something like that. I think that's that's awesome, first of all. That's just a brilliant idea. And, like, you know, they sell out. And then, like, I'm, so I'm just kind of reading, like, these, you know, some of the headlines on Twitter or whatever. Or, like, I, I forget who, who it was. And then some knucklehead comes in and was like, you know what? Like, if you spend as much money on, you know, uh, 
you know, feeding the poor, some kind of poverty, like some like low ball, then we would be in such a better place. And then like the, there was just like just a ton of comments just after that, like what, like. Like, this guy's doing all this, like, can you imagine what this does for the future? Can you imagine, imagine like, just forget about the economical part of it, but just, like, all these other things. And then somebody under underneath him was just like, so you don't, like, so you don't have any money, so I guess you're not doing anything, right? Like <laughs> the, and it's just, and, you know, then, you know, the responses was just, like, it was this massive troll fest. But I think it's so funny, like, you know, yeah, you have all these, you know, you have all these people that are, you know, are going to hate on these guys doing these huge things, you know, when the vision is grand, you know, from like a, like a macro point of view. And then you have people coming in like, you know, just kind of juking them out being like, well, you're just not feeding enough homeless people. Or, you know what I mean? Like, Dude, that's like I, kind I, of, I, I love that you brought that up because that's one of my least favorite parts of this like democratized sense of media that we have right now. Mm -hmm. It's the comment section. Mm -hmm. Um, the, the problem is, like, for years, people really didn't, and this ties into our conversation last time, people didn't really have a platform. If they wanted to say something and have an audience, and they would have to write a letter to the editor. To and the other back hope, in the day, right? Hope that uh, it was published, Which was right? edited and, yeah, controlled, exactly. all that stuff. Yeah. And so now you don't have that. And I think, and and not to, I'm, I'm giving, like, a lot of... Uh, caveat uh uh spectator that's what is it spectator but where well anyway i'm get, i'm i'm telling uh, giving a lot of um what's the word that i'm looking for uh, asides that i don't want to knock on this or knock on that so you'll forgive me of that sure but uh i i don't want to knock on generations that were baptized into the technology but um the fact that you can go out and talk to you know jake tapper on twitter yeah and have him respond to you yeah is totally new yeah. it's a totally new thing mm -hmm. and unfortunately uh you know the spider-man thing with great power comes great responsibility sure. and, and i think that a lot of times we, we see some good discussions happen but a lot of times i think that uh that power is abused by people who use the comment sections and twitter to talk about news stories and media because they don't have any sense of how difficult it was for people to get a platform in the past. Right. You know, That's it's just, point. it's a, uh, it's a new thing and it's a great thing, but you know, I, I say it's important to remember where we came from and, and take that responsibly, yeah, you know? Totally. That's a, that's a killer point for sure. I mean, and like, it's so funny because, you know, it's in so many, I don't know. It, like when you read those comments, I mean, it's just it's like who, who yeah, who has the best burn like by far, right? Who control the hardest, right? And and in so in so many different ways, it's just it's just like it it, <laughs> it it's it's a lot of fun, but like at the same time, like you know, like so the conversations just lack all this kind of context, and it's just I don't know. But you were talking about, uh, but that's a whole other thing, by the way. It's like a whole other thing. No, it's I mean, like but it's a, an important aspect of this media thing. Yeah, you I'm know? with you. I'm with you. Um, but my favorite one is the one that I think that we talked about earlier. Like, Spirit Airlines, you, again, like, you have just won, like, the worst airline award by forcing this girl to flush her hamster down the toilet. Yeah, so Down here's the toilet? here's what happened. This is um, from the Miami Herald. Uh, the headline is, Bad info from Spirit Air led me to flush pet hamster down airport toilet, student says. So essentially, this student was flying Spirit Airlines. She wanted to make sure that when she flew home from college to South Florida that she could bring her hamster, Pebbles. And a couple of times, they told her no problem. But then when she arrived at the Baltimore airport, which is... A completely separate topic that I have a lot of thoughts on <laughs> departing from the Baltimore airport. Um, spirit refused the tiny animal on the flight. And, um, and eventually she uh, did what the story calls. She agonized for hours before doing the unthinkable and um, flushed it down the toilet. Now, um, the photo is hilarious. Like the photo that uh, somebody tweeted, I don't know, like I don't know who actually tweeted it. Had the girl and then the fo the the hamster next to it, and then he had you know he's in his cage and it's <laughs> and he's on this pink you know like he's just a helpless you know a helpless hamster. That's it's so bad. Like I mean, what are you doing? 
Like, I, I, I don't know. Go ahead. So there's, I, I, uh, there, there are a couple of components of this story that, like, don't completely make sense to me. But um, I, I guess that the hamster was an emotional support hamster. And I, I don't want to be a jerk and question the, you know, sort of um, psychological utility of having an emotional support hamster. But anyway, like, that's that's fine. I'm sure that, that uh, the DSM-5 has a recommendation for that. So that's great. But... Um, isn't it weird to you that there's so much going on in the world today from uh, local and state politics to uh, wars in other nations? And and we're talking about, like, this story about this. Pet Yo, I, well, I mean, like, you're right. You're right. But I, at the same time, like, this is on thing. Like, listen to like it's like the article. She, like the part is that she was scared. I was scared. It was horrifying to try to trying to put her in the toilet. Wait, what? It was horrifying trying to put my hamster in the toilet. I was emotional. I was crying. I sat there for a good ten minutes crying in the stall. I mean, if I had to like, flush what? one of my animals, now my cats wouldn't fit down the toilet, but I'd be emotional too. I didn't have you... any other options, she said. Well, I think that maybe some of what we're seeing here is like the reason that she needed an emotional support hamster. I mean, you know, I, listen, like if that's, I, that's, and I'm fun, like, whatever emotion, like, I'm not even like, whatever, but like, I feel bad for saying that. I mean, I, I'm not, I, I shouldn't suggest that like a hamster can't provide emotional support. I think, um, I think that it's, it's, uh, a slow news day that the Miami Herald picked up this, this piece. Well, it's a, I mean, but, it's, it's but like, it is, it's a talker, you, right? Yeah, it totally is. And like, I want to know who, can I meet the person, please, that was like, you have a hamster. Okay, we don't allow those on the plane. Okay, what should I do? Mm, well, the bathroom's that way. We could, I mean, just flush it down the toilet. Like, what? I, I and feel... Who was, and, like, the other passengers, like, what were there? Like, was this a one-on-one -on -one conversation? Was this over, like, in front of ten other people? What did everybody else say? But not only that. She said she's too young to rent a car. But not only that, she's like, okay, this is my only option, so... I guess this is goodbye. And but she did it. A, a part of the problem here, um, in my opinion, is we have seen so many terrible stories over the last couple of months of airline employees just losing it and being, you know, taken off of airplanes. Remember, uh, wasn't it a couple of weeks ago that a, uh, a, a steward or stewardess or I'm sorry, flight attendant um, punched somebody and had to be removed from an airplane? Yeah. Um, so, you know, that kind of thing um, makes me think that, of course, this person's going to be nervous if she tried to sneak her hamster onto the airplane, you know? I, I and mean, what, what kind of recourse do you have? That's a good point, but I mean, like... Like, I, I wouldn't want I to be a part of... would have done it anyway, like... Would you want to be in a YouTube video of, you know, you're getting dragged off by flight attendants, you know? At this point, you, yes, I Rather would. than flushing it, well... I actually you know, would, But that's not the kind of thing that you think through. That's you true. Know? I mean, I don't know. She's, I don't know how old... Oh, what, 21, something like that, 20? But still, 21, like... And of course, here you go. Like PETA comes and like, hey, this was messed up. But the, here's it. Get this: a Spirit Airlines spokesman, Derek Dombrowski, says, uh, after researching this incident, we can say confidently that at no point did any of our agents suggest this guest should flush or otherwise injure an animal. It's incredibly disheartening to hear this guest reportedly decided to end her own pet's life. Like, okay, yeah. Yeah, I guess it is. It is really like they just throw it back on her. Like, man, and yeah, that's a pretty really like that that's a that. <laughs> that's a pretty aggressive way to to I mean put the blame on somebody who's but it's obviously Airlines. really I mean, distraught. Like, that's true. You decided to end your wow, own. Wow, what a pets terrible life. person you are! Also, you can you have to pay for your seatbelt. All you know when you come on for Spirit Airlines, it's like one of the things you got to do. You got to pay for the water, the soda, and your seatbelt. Right. Know? So I mean, and a like, safe landing. Everybody and a safe has a landing. Safe by landing. like, there's a there's going to be a little glass tip jar on the way out, and make sure you tip your pilot. Thank him for safe landing. Like, come <laughs> on. I mean, like, but I mean, I don't know. I think it's like lockstep into spirit. So this this uh, this brings up a, a a point that 
I think is not only salient for for this issue, but for all of the media that that we ingest, right? Mm -hmm. All the media that we take in. So the first thing is um, that the the subject of the story it's it's a little bit of a heart tug, right? Yeah. Um, the subject of the story is a, a girl, um, just slightly north of being a teenager, who had to. Um, make a terrible decision to, as the Spirit Airlines spokesman said, um, end her own pet's life. So automatically we have sympathy for the passenger and not the airline. Now I'm not saying that we should have sympathy for the airline over the passenger, but we also, reading the story, and I think that we're both reading the Miami Herald version, um, Sorry, we also don't, don't have uh, an indication that the uh, the entirety of the story is complete. We don't That's, have, you're right, you're you right. know what I mean. So right, so we're right. we're sitting here and we're making assumptions based on a story that has incomplete information. Apparently, Spirit Airlines has done an investigation. They've determined that they haven't done anything wrong. We don't know the results of that investigation. Mm -hmm. So far be it from us to say. Well, I think this is forget this, you, Spirit Airlines. We're never flying you because you force people to flush the hamster down the toilet. Well, actually, the I mean, I've already said that my wife doesn't allow me to fly Spirit Airlines, and that's a fact. And Neither does mine. So totally true. Really, hey, I I would I would love to get a poll on this, but I mean, how many how many you you guys out there? How many of your wives say I refuse to fly Spirit? Like, okay, and, th and that's besides the point. But the 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 funny thing is, it's like. You see how we're like, I read like, uh, you know, a little bit of that and, you know, so that, and we immediately start reacting of like, oh, sure. that's spirit, right? Yep, yep. And uh, like, I'm going to repost it on Facebook yeah. and tweet it and all that. And then the funny thing is, is like, you know, I fall into the same track that I, the trap that I always like, kind of like throw rocks at. It's just like, did this person read the entire article? Now in this, in this specific case, right? We yeah. read, the, you know, we read the article and whatever. And like, you know, we just kind of cut it up and yeah, maybe there's like some stuff like this isn't a complete story and all that. But you know that there are so many people that you deal with like or that you talk to on a daily basis that like they see the headline and they're like, yep, repost. Yeah. So I and I, I asked you before we started recording, um, you know, what what would it look like if we were responsible media consumers and we were loving media consumers and. Mm -hmm. And we, we thought about love before we shared about this stuff or before we talked about this stuff. Yeah. I'm even beginning to ask myself, is it loving that we're talking about this right now? And that's getting a little bit meta, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but the, the, the point remains, I, I don't know. I don't know that uh, everybody, well, frankly, I don't know if anybody that I know reads the entire story before they posted i know plenty of people who say that they would but i i don't know if they actually do um what does it look like when when we treat the media uh with love and when we look at the things that we post and share with love i mean fake news uh you know it's been co-opted by the left and the right and, sure. and the up and the down yeah. um but but there is uh a, a, a sense in which we um if we're if we're practicing what we preach and, and we do everything with love you know it's not a very loving thing to share something without regard for what's true or not yeah and it's funny because you could i mean man you can talk about that back and forth forever because then other people you know because you have the approach like well it's you know it's not loving if you hide it but it you know what i mean like, sure it, sure it's all you know and you could go back for forever um uh, just a second ago, I clicked on a Starbucks video just out of habit, and um, you probably heard it in a second there. And it was and like the headline is literally um, "Starbucks serves woman frappuccino with blood in it." Wait, did they serve? Hold up, all right, because I, I need to containing blood. Yeah, they served a woman frappuccino. So the frappuccino was already made out of a woman. If it's a woman frappuccino, <laughs> see what I'm saying? Like the serves headline woman, serves woman frappuccino. frappuccino. That's serves really frappuccino funny. to woman. Yeah. See, so like you're you, like that's just, like it's a woman frappuccino. Yeah, you just you know see what I'm saying, right? Dude, and catch that. Yeah, no, that's true. I think it's funny. I mean, like I, you know, I'm a huge coffee fan and yep. consume. You know, like whatever coffee is like my thing. So you're and, drinking coffee right now. Yeah. 
and uh, I, you know, it, it, that's just, you know, and, and, like you, you click on that, you're like, absolutely, you know, everybody's going to be checking out their frappuccinos, you know, there's going to be blood in it, I want to know how they got, what person, like, nicked their finger on the blender and was just like, yo, I got to get this to the customer right now, and This is how urban over, legends start, when I was a kid, I was told... I was told like to never eat a, a certain type of lunch meat because it had somebody's thumb found in it. It was like that a book I read when I was a kid that you know there's somebody who was like you know using those uh, carrot peelers and peeled their yeah, yeah. Uh, finger and got all over the the salad and all the other stuff. It's like who was so dedicated to this product that they were like I gotta get this to the customer and they're not gonna notice that there's blood all over everything. But I mean you know whatever that's. Besides the point, but one of the things, you know, it's kind of funny. I was reading, you talking about favorite stories and like, you know, there's a huge cryptocurrency. Yeah. Know, all over the the place. bubble burst. Yeah, totally. And uh, something came out on MarketWatch, um, just a, 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 you know, a, a site that just publishing things on investing and all that. And now they're getting into, um, you know, before they were just purposely ignoring you know, purposely ignoring, you know, the cryptocurrency. And now it just got so huge they couldn't ignore sure. it anymore. So they started um, they started reporting on uh, the top, I think it was like the top 15 people or the top 15 uh, cryptocurrency millionaires and billionaires. Mm -hmm. And they said at the bottom, it like, they, like it was in the article, like, like the subtitle was like, um, this amount of wealth shouldn't be allowed to, be kept in the shadows or something like that, right? <laughs> so they publish so, with with headshots like the top fifteen dudes, top fifteen richest dudes in crypto right now. And no, um, was this? Did they interview them? Was this consent? Was this, or did they just do some research and they decided, I, like the Ashley Madison thing that we were talking about, right? Know, did they just decide to? Because Market Watch, I read Market Watch daily. Yeah. It's a great publication, yeah. a reputable publication. Yeah. Um, was there any animosity or anything like that over this article they were, or was it I, you know i didn't you know i i you know now that like we're going in i should probably read it again to try to get the tone of it and mm -hmm. i was just kind of going through it when i was sitting in the car and like i don't think there was any animosity but they were just like this is how they got this much this is yeah. how they got you know this is where they were this is where that you know what i mean like you know one of the things that they they kind of zinged because um the uh, the ceo of coinbase yep. you know what i mean he you know he you know, has a ton and all that. And like, he is the CEO of Coinbase. And Coinbase, you know, like, especially if you're paying any attention to crypto, it, it's just like a, a, a place to purchase um, cryptocurrency, um, Ethereum and Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, Litecoin. And um, it's essentially for, for people who, who don't understand crypto, you know, when you go into the uh, airport and you got to uh, exchange your dollars for pesos or whatever, yeah. it, it's it's a hub where you can do that. And it's a very easy platform to, um, you know, to have and to operate and all that where you can, you know, where anybody can go in and, and buy it. And um, so they get a lot of heat in the media because of when the bubble was just climbing like crazy, which is when you probably heard about it, you know, a few months ago. Um, I mean, they couldn't even keep up with demand. Like mm -hmm. the, the exchange was just so insane, and which is where most of these millionaires and billionaires, where their wealth, you know, kind of just like you know started to go crazy. And you know now, you know, it seems like the bubble, which is really interesting to me, like the bubble is like bursting, and now is when they're putting out the uh, the article about you know these millionaires and billionaires and how they these these fifteen guys or whatever, and just really interesting. But I I I was thinking the exact same thing, like how in the world. Like the, these guys aren't publishing their, you know, you know their Coinbase account, sure, and like wherever the the other exchanges that they might be on, because there's more than just Coinbase. But also, by the by the way, Coinbase is not a sponsor of this program. But but uh, if you'd like to be, you uh, can call me 100%, at hundred percent. But uh, but at the same time, like I'm trying to figure out because it's so secure, because mm -hmm. it's so under wraps. You know, where are they getting this information from? So I don't know if they kind of like. I'm going to I'm actually going to look now. Yeah, so let's let's talk about that. So we just talked about Starbucks, uh this the Starbucks piece that you pulled up. And do you know uh what what the source of that is? Do you still have it up there? Um the source of the like who who, who published it? it? Yeah, who's it? Um let's see. Uh CBS LA. 
Okay, so is this is this a local story or is it like an AP? I guess it's a yeah. A, yeah. So it's a local CBS affiliate. Yeah. So you've got that, and then you have uh, Market Watch talking about cryptocurrencies. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I um, probably should have thought about more when I was in the news business, and one of the things that I think about every time I write something on Facebook and click post now is uh, how responsible is this? How responsible is it to, for example, a uh, the, the manager of a Starbucks in LA who, um, you know, gets health insurance and, and uh, a decent wage, how, uh, how kind or fair is it to tell the story about this bloody coffee cup or whatever? Sure. Um, that could happen anywhere and, and probably has happened uh, plenty of times because people are people and humans make mistakes and sometimes you get cuts in the workplace. You know, this isn't exactly something totally out of the ordinary. You know, how responsible is it to uh, that the manager of that Starbucks and to other, you know, say small business owners and coffee shops, um, sure. a, a world that you know well, yeah. to publish a story about uh, a bloody coffee cup and make somebody maybe think twice about where they get a cup of coffee. Likewise, how responsible is it to... Um, publish a story about these uh, 15 richest uh, cryptocurrency holders, right? Um, when it's not like cryptocurrency is a uh, uh, owning cryptocurrency is a sin. It's not like it's uh, illegal, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's not like these cryptocurrency uh, owners did anything wrong. Mm-hmm. Is that something that we need to know? Did did you need to know about the the blood in the Starbucks coffee cup? Yeah. It already happened. True. All right. You know what? You know what I think is even crazier. You you want to break it down? Like, think about you know most of the people who are you know listening have a Facebook have a Facebook like um, account, and everybody at some point has totally been like, why would you post that on Facebook? Like yep. scrolling through your feed, and you're like. You're talking to some. You know exactly who I'm talking about right now. There is somebody who you were friends with that posts the most berserk stuff, and it, and you know where they land, like politically. You know where they land. You know whatever. You know you know what they're about. They're not hiding it. But you're all you know. Like why would you post that? I'm thinking about somebody in particular that like I love them, but like you know that they didn't they didn't read the entire article. They just looked at the headline, hit repost. And it, like you read that, like did you read this? Like this I is, know that it wasn't me, this, which I'm glad about because I don't repost things on Facebook. Right, and it, like yeah, and like you just by and then you comment on it. Man, it's a shame, blah blah blah. And then you read the article, and it's complete opposite of what like they stand for, which right, is kind right, of hilarious. Yeah. And like, and that's I mean I don't know. Like why would you? So every person has a little some kind of influence. Sure, sure. So, uh, over something, and why would you put your influence into question over something like that? You know, over like, like, I wish people would just be like, man, some people really believe what I say, or some people really like respect what I say, or some mm-hmm. people really buy into what I say. There's sure. some people that, you know, kind of like I have some influence over. Sure. You know? And we all have those people, regardless of whether or not we think we do. If I was just to think for a second and consider for a second, like, what would this do to the people? To the people around me? What in the world would this do to the people? Like, what would they say? You know? I mean, what would you do? Like, like, like they might not post that. They might like, which would save them, you know, a whole bunch of stuff, like a whole bunch of crap in your own mind. You're, you know, because you, like you, like you can't lie. You totally judge that person when. Oh like, sure. Like you totally go after like, and I don't know. And and I wonder how much, like not even not even politics, because obviously when it gets when in political season it just catches fire. Yeah. Right. But like, what would, I don't know, what would things look like? What would people, and I'm not trying to get into like, you know, you know, like, you know, I don't know, there's a whole other direction we could take this, but I don't know, like, what would that, you know, what would that, uh, if, I think if people just realized how much influence they actually have. So there's a couple of things that we're dealing with here. The, the first is the, the kind of question that I opened us up with, which is what would it look like if the media was responsible? And um, it's one, one of those things that I don't know is my responsibility or is your responsibility. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we, we need to be smart news consumers. And if there's something, if we see an injustice or we see something that's wrong, 
we should want to correct it, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and there are certain ways to do that. It might not be effective to send a reporter a tweet and say, hey, your story sucked. This was wrong. Mm-hmm. There are better ways to approach it than that. But I think that to a certain extent, you and, and uh, I who are sitting here speaking into these microphones uh, and have jobs and livelihoods and other things that we do, you know, it, it, it can't be 100% completely up to us to tell the media what they can and can't do and what they should and shouldn't do. It has to be up to us on the opposite end, though, to be careful and considerate with these things that that we share. But also, you know, it's that that whole be careful little eyes what you see thing, sure. the, the things yeah. that we view and the things that we're putting in. Yeah. Um, I think going back to when I was talking about being in the news business and, and um, how I felt like it was my job to just depress people, I remember uh, calling my dad, who was a state trooper, um, in the middle of one of my work days because I think that there were a, a couple of fatal car crashes and the the details were especially upsetting to me i don't remember them specifically but i do remember i was feeling just very very down sure and i said dad you know i only have to report these things i only have to write them for other people's consumption but you have to go out and you have to you know get on the street and see the crashes and without getting into too much detail, you know, like make the death notifications to the families and all that stuff. Really, really tough stuff. I said, how do you deal with it? And he gave me one of the sort of best pieces of advice that I've ever received. He said, Brian, you have to understand two things. One, God is sovereign and he knows what he's doing and he's, he's going to protect you. Mm -hmm. Um, But two, what you're seeing is a distortion and what i see every day is a distortion i get called out to these scenes because something happened that wasn't supposed to happen Mm -hmm. and most of the time those things that aren't supposed to happen aren't going to happen so a lot of times i think what we see in the news it's it's not actually news because it's not the kind of things that we see regularly on a day-to-day basis these are aberrations these are things that that are remarkable that shouldn't be happening yeah um and so when we open up the newspaper and read the headline about uh, the, the girl with the hamster, the reason that we're reading about it is because there's brokenness, because something happened that wasn't supposed to happen, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So I think, I think that you're right. You know, when, when we're mindful of the things that we post and, and when we just think for a second about what we're doing, not only does it prevent us from sharing things that might or might not be true with other people, which is increasingly um, commonplace in this hyper-polarized political environment. But I think there's also a cost to sharing things that are accurate, right? That, that are, that are uh, true to the extent that they happen, sure. but also that, that don't edify and don't contribute to, um, to, to our, our sense of joy and happiness and community. And I, I think that that's um, something that, that we should take seriously. Yeah, I think you're right. I think... I, you know, it, it would be, you know, there was a guy who, um, as a friend of mine, did I say this the last episode? I think I did. I just talked about the friend that was just like so tired of being so negative. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, and it's just like, dude, you know, it, it's, it's something to be, you know, just to turn around that. Like you, like, like, like when you're positive, it's going to win out. Mm-hmm. Like you're going to be the one that's going to win out. And I think that's really interesting. Like, and going back to like your experience in the news business and, like you write these headlines and at the end of the day, like the market's going to de- like determine like where it is. I know I like there was a, a radio personality that would just like always he would just go straight to doom and gloom. And the mm-hmm. guy was really like super, super entertaining, like talented as all get out, you know, and just one of the best to ever do it, I think. And but like when you go to like, you know, you kind of like. The sky is falling, kind of a thing. Like people, after a while, it works in the beginning, and then after a while, people start to kind of taper off, and they they kind of like they start to kind of turn their backs, and because they, it's it's tough because when you live with that cloud over your head, now like I there's this there's something to be said about obviously being like being straight up and being truthful and like no, I really believe this is going to happen. I really you know I really think like this is where we are. This is the things that we're having to deal with, right? Sure, and with the reality of us living in a broken world, sure, you know, that's like, going to 
reality is not always going to be sunshine and roses. But when you get smashed with like the negativity day after day, anybody who's in a negative environment, like you get smashed with the negativity day after day after day, you know, you start to get all broken down. And at some point you're like, man, like who can I get around to encourage? Because sure. I feel like, like I'm just getting sapped by all the people who are so discouraging. Like, yeah, yeah. And so many people hang out in those environments anyway, whether it be like your family or a friend or like, you know, like there's, there's going to be somebody that, you know, there's going to be, you know, you're, you're, whether it's your work environment or whatever, it could be even a, you know, a church environment where it's like a negative environment Sure. and you're not being encouraged. You're just kind of like, there's like, you know, it's just toxic. Speaking of that, this Babylon B. Yeah. I don't know if any like Babylon B is like, it's hilarious. It has to be written by a pastor's kid, but it's, <laughs> it said, uh, something to the effect of God, um, cuts out all like uh the headline was god cut cuts out all toxic relationships so <laughs> cuts out 8.5 billion people like right, something right, like yeah that. yeah like which i think is hilarious but on the other side of that like you like the, you know like when you're just in those when you're in those situations where it's just negative and toxic like at some point right you gotta like go see something uh you know, you got to get around some positively, positivity and some encouragement. And I think that's why there's so many people doing the political seasons that are just so, you know, obviously so, like, I'm done with this. Sure, sure. Look, the, the thing is, um, it, it's, it's really, it's a hard sell um, to package positive news in a way that makes people uh, want to participate in it and view sure. it. Sure, yeah. Um, and, and it goes back to that uh, that axiom that I talked about, if it bleeds, it leads. Mm -hmm. um, the, the sort of unsavory and grisly details, for whatever reason, those are the things that, that were primed, I think, by our environment and, and by the world to, to seek mm -hmm. and to look out for. Um, and... When I was in, uh, when I worked at the TV station, uh, an example of this, uh, we had, I think, at the end of the Sunday program that I produced, um, or I'm sorry, at the end of the weekday program that I produced, we had like a, uh, uh, a community uh, heroes uh, segment yeah. where it was uh, the people in the community like doing good things for mm -hmm. the community. It was like the last thing on the show before like we said goodbye and, and went on to the next program. Um, and it, it was always interesting to me. And I think that's great. I think that it's awesome that uh, here was this TV station that was trying to highlight like something positive in their community. But that's 30 seconds of 30 sure. minutes, yeah. you know, and that's all that it is. That's, that's one sixtieth of your show yeah. that you're dedicating to something positive. Yeah. Um, and I think that sometimes we do ourselves a disservice to say like, well, you can complain about all the bad news that's out there. Just go look for the positive news. Well, first of all, news doesn't really work like that. News mm -hmm. isn't on, a, on an agenda of providing both good and bad news, and you can just pick and choose what you read. Sure. Um, but but to, uh, to another extent, I think that it's up to us to um, find the good and the beauty um, and, and the, the stuff that's working in the things that we read and consume rather than just looking at the, uh, the negative things. Like how how would you look like what what positive could you get out of that terrible hamster story? Right. Um, I don't know if there's a lot of positive except that like you know it's one for people who are like you know for the human rights kind of thing because they're going to come out of the I don't like literally what is good positive I have no idea like I have I really here's one thing that I've been thinking about too is sure. like uh like. So we we live in the Philadelphia area, mm -hmm. and the Eagles won the Super Bowl. So it's just been like nonstop Eagles coverage, yep. which is awesome. It's probably the most positive thing, except for like, you know, like like the vandalism part. They'll, they'll obviously cover that because you know everybody is talking about Philadelphia burning to the ground, whether or not the Eagles won or lost. Right, which is, right. You know, a whole another thing. But so that's like one of the most positive things to come out of it, and. I think here's the interesting thing is, and this gets into a whole other thing is it's like, you know, people love the Eagles, people love their sports teams. Right. And I think one of the reasons for that is because your sports team will accept you no matter who you are. And then you can be a fan of them. You can be the worst person in the world and be an Eagles fan, you know, or right. 
be sorry, a sports fan, a sports team fan, sure. and like they'll accept you because you're a fan. They won't reject you. Yep. You know, and so many people that have been rejected by who knows what, like their job or their family or whatever. Like your sports team will never reject you, right? They they just won't. And I think that's why people buy in so hard and why people love so hard. But um, so in that, like the most positive thing has just been like this nonstop sports coverage. And I think that is one of the the greatest things about, you know, sports in itself is, is like, it, you know, in a much needed, like at the same time, by the way, you know, like the the markets are just taking a massive dive sure, sure. there's the correction coming in and it's on you know on the back of the state of the union and like people are arguing about like approval ratings and all this other stuff you know? i mean the so the community aspect of of uh, the eagles winning and um sports and you know feeling like you're a part of something i think that that's a a pretty good sort of model for what good media could look like sure um Engaging your community at that uh, level of that sense of oneness. Um, and I think that there are ways to do that uh, outside of the realm of sports. Um, and I don't want to get too far into that because the, you know, the Philly parade and uh, all of that stuff is actually a very negative thing for me because um, my family's from Boston. And I'm a Patriots fan. So, you know, so it's like a, a very, you know, it, it's, it's kind of like watching oh. the, the Philistines, you know, stomp through my town and, and, um, you know, kill all my horses. I'm and actually sheep. completely cool with that because I'm a Steelers fan, actually. <laughs> but so, I mean, I isn't there like a little like bit of, Patriots. isn't there a little bit of like, you know, sadness? Like I wish that I could be taking a part of that, being a part of that celebration in, in, as full of and and look I, I love being in this area outside of philly i love the eagles too um they're they're not my favorite football team but um so there's a, there's a negative aspect to me right sure, yeah. but here here's the other thing like yes we had uh people talking about um in, in the midst of the celebration, the negative aspect of uh, vandalism and people get drunk and, and when they get drunk and they're in large crowds, they do silly things. There were other aspects of this football season that were newsworthy for having nothing to do with football. You had um, protests and taking a knee due to um, uh, police brutality or uh, anti-military. I mean, there are a lot of reasons that people uh, like to uh, attribute, or a lot of things that people like to attribute this, um, these protests to. But um, you had that, you had the issue of CTE, chronic traumatic encephalopathy, sure. yeah. um, long-term damage. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it seems like, and I'm not saying that uh, this big, bad, evil, you know, media industrial complex wants to take everything, even the good things, and sap them of all joy. But I think that it just goes to sort of prove my point that um, that there are always negative and positive things to be found in the headlines that we read. Mm -hmm. When we talked about this hamster story, I asked you, like, is there anything good out of the story? Is there anything good that can come out of this? Obviously, it's, it's terrible for this young woman who... Um, who flushed her hamster down the toilet. But um, hopefully a few things happen from this. One, that uh, airlines make sure that their policies about um, bringing animals on board are clear-cut. Two, um, that uh, your wife and my wife can make the decision not to fly Spirit Airlines. Yeah, totally. So, we, you know, we've got that. But, but uh, seriously, I, I think um, we can approach this from the angle of um, how terrible there there uh, needs to be some change here, um, but we can also approach it from an angle of you know uh, uh, compassion and um, and I think that's recognizing. That, uh, Go ahead. I think that's the, how most people are going to approach it anyway when they see something like that. Like what was it last week? Like. Um, I guess was it United or something like that? Uh, like they wouldn't let a lady on board because she had a 
It was a peacock. It was a peacock, right? Yeah. She had a what do they call it? Uh, a, what's she had like an emotional um, like emotional distress? Yeah, and that was. A I peacock don't know why. Just like... uh, real quick, I I was once chased across uh, the street by a peacock. Right. About a year ago, when I when I moved into <laughs> Are my you place. sure it was a peacock? Oh, it was a pe. Well, actually, it's a peahen. So it was like the the wife of peacock. It's not as colorful. Gotcha. Um. And it, it was a mean, nasty thing. And so I can't imagine one of these, like, brutal animals who, you know, evolved from a dinosaur being, you know, a, 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 an emotional support for anybody. I mean, this thing wanted to kill me. It had a look of rage in its eyes. It was like a, a scene from Jurassic Park. It was horrifying. Right, right. So, like, more power to this woman for having, like... Uh, the one kind peacock that has ever lived in existence because they're she wanted to nasty on a, animals on like a plane like on a, like you know it's just so ugh. that's ugh. you know what's funny about that isn't a peacock a flightless bird so a flightless <laughs> bird flying on a plane there's a sort of irony <laughs> that's happening right there that that's, that I think we should all take a moment I to appreciate right. I think you're right I, I think that's kind of hilarious so I told you before our show, though, about uh, my, my pal bringing his uh, cat on the plane yeah. and getting his cat like human Benadryl so that it could fly. So it's, it's not like zero animals are, are allowed on planes. Again, if something good comes from this, you know, hopefully we can, uh, we can be more aware of what the rules are when we take Listen, our animals I, on it. I'm not a father. Like, I'm not a father, okay? So, you know, so there's plenty of, you know, whatever. <laughs> but, like, people can't even control their children on flight. And, like, I'm not going to judge you, like, unless your kid is literally doing cartwheels down the aisle or in the supermarket, crawling on the floor. Because, like, whatever, I'm really not going to judge you. But, like, if people can't control their kids... They're not going to control their animals. And, like, I, listen, I mean, I just, like, listen, I, I brought my cat, my wife's cat, out of our apartment. And, like, we got this little travel bag because we are going to take a little trip. Yep. And, it, and we get into the elevator, and it starts, like, gr like it sounds like I'm choking it. Sure, right? sure. So there's these people in the elevator looking at me, like, what are you doing to this cat? And I was like, listen, uh, he just doesn't like, um... He just doesn't like being carried. And, like, sure, he sure. He doesn't like trips. He doesn't whatever. And it's so loud that like I get outside to the parking lot. People are looking across like, what are you doing? You yep. know what I mean? They just stand there staring. Like people stopped in their tracks because my cat, his name is Moxie, was Great so name. loud. I can only imagine being locked in a metal tube with all these people it's spirit airlines which there's a 90 percent chance there's a delay and they're yep, sitting yep. on the runway for whatever reason like and and by the and like half the people didn't pay for their seat belts so nobody has seat belts <laughs> right and uh like and, and like the first idea is like well you know you're already on the plane so your only option is to flush it down the toilet but at this like i i just i can't even fathom the mayhem not to mention, like, have you met people that fly Spirit Airlines? I, you mean like people who have flown Spirit Airlines? Yeah. Or is there like a certain like like stereotypical? I think there might Spirit be. Airlines I person. There, like, listen, I don't, I don't know because I've never been there, but I hear stories. Yes. Okay, that's all I can <laughs> say. Like, I just hear stories <clears throat> of people who fly Spirit, and uh, I had a friend who did, and like, you know, he's he just he got on Twitter and just started like bashing like crazy and then if you you go to that hashtag and you're like oh plenty of people have been in this right this right and so i'm wondering like how is the market allowing them to stay in business when all it's these the cheap, it's, it's how cheap everything is man the, the, the i get it when you walk into the airport you know you have 200 dollars of extra fees but you don't know that before you get that's there. true and you're like but but you know like I, I, you go in and you're like I can take and people who know who have flown that airline before and decide like we're gonna fly it again. We're gonna fly it again. Listen, I can take the fee for everything. Now we might end up to our destination without a wheel or a right, right, right. gear or maybe the windows broke or whatever it is, right? But they're like, but I, you know what? Instead of that, I just I just don't want to pay more than two hundred dollars for my flight. I don't care. I don't care what it was. Like I'm not paying 200 bucks for the flight. Now, you know, your two hour flight turns into nine hours later on and you got this story. I mean, but I just don't want to pay 200 bucks. for Now, the if flight. you guys just want to hear uh, everybody listening, just that, uh, that 
Grant Reitzel Spirit Airlines rant. We're going to have the people who like do the auto-tune the news make it into a song. <laughs> so, okay. So, you're, you're, uh, the first thing that you said was you don't know how people, like, you know, they, they uh, get on these airplanes with their, their kids and their animals. And it's basically like it's Noah's Ark, but it's in the sky. It's flying, right? Can you imagine if they just let birds and, like, all those people, you know, right. inside, like, that's... Well, here's here's um, an interesting angle on the like letting letting uh, people and animals like this this uh, flying zoo kind of thing. Um, so we're talking about the media, the good things, the bad things, uh, how we should treat it, and um, one of the more interesting things that I've seen, sort of along the same lines of uh, bringing a, a peacock or a hamster onto an airplane. Um, is have you seen these stories when people uh, go onto an airplane and they have like a, a small child or an infant or whatever that they give out goodie bags uh, from the child to the other passengers in the plane saying, you know, my uh, sorry that my kid is fussy. Um, please, please be, uh, you know, gracious. Here's some candy. We apologize. Like really cool. You know, it's I've a really, yeah, which is a really, I think, nice gesture. Yeah, yeah. I, th- um, I remember back in the day when like we, you would fly TWA and you got those little pins. Of right, right. So, but like a nice gesture, right? And so um, as you were talking about it, I was like, I'm, I'm going to try to find an article like about people doing this, like show you sort of the flip side, the good side of like this kind of this kind of airplane experience interaction. Sure. Yeah. This is the first thing that I found. Why you shouldn't give goodie bags while flying with a baby. This is from the Today Show. It says this kind of this kind act of two first-time parents went viral this week after they handed out goodie bags to fellow passengers on a flight, apologizing in advance for any disturbance that their baby might cause. That's sweet. It's thoughtful. It's also wrong. Here's the next line. Babies are babies, and sometimes they cry. Everyone just needs to accept that reality and get over it. But it's like, it's taking this really nice story and uh, talking about how these apparently lovely, delightful parents are part of a dangerous trend. People apologizing or being made to feel that they should apologize for having children. Like, so this is is just... um, a great example of how everybody has their angle on the news and you can take uh, a bad story like we took with the hamster and try to find some good in it or you can take this perfectly lovely delightful story about these people who give out candy because they're worried that people are going to be frustrated on their flight with their crying child and like make it into an indictment on the quality of their parenting right you know yeah um yeah i i just don't yeah i mean and who knows, like, you know, I, there might be some dude, like, I don't know, we we live in a, a, a cynical world, and there are plenty of cynics out there, so I, sure. you know, I at some point, when it gets extreme like that, there might be some dude, like, sitting in the corner being like, how can I make this as clickbaitable and as, t- as terrible as possible? Well, I mean, it popped I'm up gonna... right away for me, so <laughs> apparently a lot of people saw it which shooting is, up Google's indexing. Which is crazy, like... Man, these guys are terrible for giving out goodie bags. What terrible parents. Like, what did they call it? A trend? A this trend. Disturbing, disturbing trend, I think. Oh, man. That's dangerous awesome. trend. It's a dangerous trend. It's crazy. Yes. Well, we're going to bring this home, man. And uh, I think you had a good, I mean, you, you kind of like, you know, you had some pretty good observations in the beginning of like just what that means as like media consumers. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think... Um, Again, it doesn't have to be quote-unquote fake news in order for it to be um, something that we need to be conscious of the way that it makes other people feel, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and and it, doesn't, it doesn't need to be uh, good news in order for it to be worth sharing, I think. There is something important about speaking truth to power and exposing um, evil and corruption and injustice Absolutely. where we find it, right? Sure. Um, Nevertheless, I think there are a couple of things that we can do to um, to bring a little bit of love into this media war. Um, and and my suggestions would just be, first of all, uh, be conscious about what you're looking at. Mm-hmm. Um, not only from the perspective of whether it's true or not, but whether it's edifying, whether uh, Christ can be found in it, whether it's something that you can... Um, 
that you can get something out of more than a superficial, huh, that's interesting, or huh, that's terrible, or huh, that's funny. I think there's there's value in depth. Sure. Um, and the second thing I think is uh, when we are on these social media technologies, these things that we talked about last week, and we're scrolling down other people's feeds and looking at their um, their Instagram feeds, uh, to, to be critical of that too, not to be critical as in criticizing it, but to be critical and observant about what you notice. What do you notice about, uh, about the person who's sharing it? What do you notice about the reactions? What do you notice about the comment sections in these news stories? Yeah. Um, and, and what about those uh, can you strive to either be like or be different like if it's something that um, that is unkind or unsavory? What about those things can you learn about the way that you want to treat media and treat others through media? Yeah. Um, I, 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 it's just it's all about being conscious and being aware and um, and, you know, giving others uh, not only uh, the benefit of the doubt when they post something but also giving others a, a, a platform to speak and being kind and gracious with that. Yeah, I, th I think too, like you want to be a person, do you want to be a person that's known, um, somebody that is known to be, to like just kind of blast negativity or blast, you know, just throwing rocks or like you want to be one of, or do you want to be somebody that like is known for adding value and known for, you know, good things and encouraging, right? I mean, Anybody can be, anybody can throw rocks, anybody can tear down, but it, it takes like somebody special to be always influencing for good. So I like it. Yeah, man. Hey, uh, for those of you listening, if you want to join the conversation, um, hit us up at thisisalovewar at gmail.com. Thisisalovewar at gmail.com. Thanks so, so much for hanging out. We'll see you next week. Take care. Love War.